foyer, you should come into the auditorium. Shaking it up a little, you know how I like to do that every once in a while to uh, change things up a little, and um, since we have some guests today, I thought we'd do it today. Hello, worship team. Hello. Uh, good morning. Welcome to Bueller MB. So glad to have you here. Um, we're going to see if Dustin wanders. Oh, there you are. <laughs> I'm like, Dustin should be coming, wandering up. Uh, it's been so long since we've been together. <laughs> He's been gone. I've been gone. You know, whatever. So uh, I'm Kurt. This is Dustin. We're the pastors here. You know that. So glad to have that role. We want to just wish you a good morning. Here's what I'd like to suggest. I forgot. We're, here's what we're going to do. Uh, to get started today, even though we're looking a little skinny right now, it might fill in a little more, but why don't you... Find somebody you haven't talked to today and say, good morning, isn't it hot outside? Go. Yeah, you're right. Okay. All right, go ahead and have a seat. Uh, and you were, you were supposed to move forward, but I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, one thing we're changing up a little bit is to just remind you at the beginning of the service that we have connect cards that we would love for you to fill out if you have a prayer request, if you want to contact the office or the leadership in any way. You can fill out a Connect card, drop it in the containers on the way out. And if you're a, a guest with us, you can fill that out and, and correspond with us that way. We would love that. So keep those Connect cards in mind. Otherwise, a couple of things we just wanted to mention. Yeah, so uh, we have uh, potluck today. So, Woohoo! Yep. So I think everybody's okay. pretty excited for that. Okay, so no, I am, yeah. only I am. Only you are. So, yeah, but I you're the food guy, right? Not, <laughs> you are the food guy. Oh, man. <laughs> that was good. That was good. I missed the last one, though. I had, yeah, so. so. Yeah, uh, we have some guests. As you can see, we'll be talking to Jonas and Lisa a little bit later. But uh, we're so, having a midsummer hot stay-in-the-air-conditioning potluck today. So it's serving a couple of purposes. You should hang out and talk to the Sanses. And you should hang out and talk to each other and stay cool, and then you can go home and take a nap later. <laughs> if you didn't remember that it was potluck day, we're going to say, it's okay, come anyway, there'll be plenty of food, because that's what we always say. Yes. <laughs> also coming up this week is VBS, and so we're looking forward to that. Um, you can maybe see up there on the screen a little bit, just a little bit of information. Uh, just continue to keep VBS in prayers, not only for the students, I think there's around 130 kids signed up, but also for the leaders, um, and so it's a good group, and we're looking forward to it. I know uh, one of the main things they're going to have is the leaders meeting today at four o'clock here at the church if you're working with the older kids, so that would be going into second through sixth. If you're working with the younger kids, they're going to have a meeting today for leaders as well. That'll be at the South Church at 430. 
So 4.30 at the South Church if you're working with the younger kids, and 4 o'clock here uh, this afternoon if you're working with the older kids, but we'll kind of line it up and get it all ready, but you can kind of see as you wander through maybe the basement, you'll see little decorations and some things coming together. So I know there's been a lot of, lot of work, uh, especially for the leadership team, so we're appreciative of them to start putting it together, but it's here tomorrow, so... We yeah, we're going to be ready. So if you're not volunteering, we sure want you to be praying for VBS. You know, as always, it's a great outreach ministry and uh, that the young, the kids in our community would see Jesus perhaps for the first time. So uh, and that reminds me then that this week uh, it's it's the U.S. conference in Kansas City. Uh, VBS is going on. So we're going to take a week break from the prayer gathering uh, it's just this week, so we won't gather for prayer gathering this Wednesday, but we'll be back the next Wednesday, and we'll get back on schedule as we think about fall. Oh, and yeah, I uh, just wanted to remind you, we made a little change in the schedule when we kind of added things up, we're excited about a worship night, August 13th. And uh, we've been talking already with some of the stuff going on. I appreciate Cindy's work on this and everybody who will be a part. So we'd love for you to plan on coming on August 13th to uh, just worship together. That's a Saturday night, and it should be a good time to lift up the name of Jesus, etc. Um, uh, I do want to tell you about a couple of things before we... Uh, yeah, so the conference is this week. Melissa and I are headed... You guys are, uh, Gertzens are headed as well. If I miss somebody else that's going, I'm so glad you're going. But we'll, uh, the pastor's part is earlier in the week than the conference is later in the week. And so a lot going on in Kansas City. Pray for the USMB conference. And um, uh, today we're hearing from the Sanzas. I want to tell you about something that kind of came up. We can't always have a lot, uh, we don't have a lot to do with schedules for missionaries and workers and ministry partners and all that two weeks from today um, we're gonna do it again <laughs> but not not quite so big um, some of you have met Cody I don't know how to say his last name DeRozier DeRozier he was part of the Trek team uh, uh, which we were very much a part of a young man has a great story went to Tabor uh, he's actually getting ready to go out and he's headed out into the mission field. And he, we really just felt like we wanted to encourage the guy and, and hear his story a little bit. So two weeks from today, we're going to do the same thing with the second hour. Anybody that's interested, and remember, I keep telling you all, you, your groups can do what they want. I'm not really interested in micromanaging them. Uh, but we're going to invite you to come to the fellowship hall to hear Cody tell his story and talk about where he's headed in the mission field, okay? So that's two weeks from today. Lower key, not, we're doing the meal today, so we weren't going to do two that quick together. But uh, we'd love for you to hear Cody's story, and that will be happening in a couple of weeks. Um, here's who we are. So here's the mission and vision. Uh, today, because we have other guests, we're not going to take time to share together, and I wanted to tell you that, so, this is who we want to be, this is how we want to be, this is the church we believe God has called us to be, and we're going to keep sharing about how God's doing that in, in these times, but we're going to forego that today, like we said, we're, we're learning our new culture, and I want to tell you that some of you are wondering, well, when are we going to hear from the missions trip next week, and we're also going to hear a little bit about camps. 
And so Dustin's going to have a longer extended time. So I'm just telling you all this to say we're not going to take our, our, our usual time to open mic share this week or next, but you're going to hear a lot of things both today and next week. Are we communicating, church? Yes? Okay. So I um, uh, just wanted you to know that we'll have uh, those special things coming up in those reports. Uh, let's see. I have one note here that it might be somebody's 40th anniversary today. Does anybody want to admit that it is Rob and Terry Toll? Oh, <laughs> wait, where are you? <laughs> they came and made coffee and left. That's awesome. Okay, so one of the grandkids is sharing about camp. That's way better deal than celebrating your 40th anniversary in charge. No, just kidding. Thank you. Uh, so you can uh, give them a congratulations when you see them again. Anyway, well, we are here to worship, and we're going to do that. I'm going to invite you to stand. Dustin's going to pray, and we're going to worship. Well, let's pray. Uh, dear Lord, we just thank you for this morning. Uh, we thank you for the opportunity that we have just to gather here and gather together, whether it's here in the building or even online. And so we, we look forward to just what you have for us this morning. Uh, may you just help us clear anything from our hearts and minds that might be a distraction of us coming to, to worship you. And so uh, we just look forward to this time and all you have in store. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
and have a seat. So uh, we're so glad to have a, a variety of ministry partners in our church. And uh, you know these guys better than I do, but I've been here long enough now. I'm starting to get to know them too. And so I, I love them. And so I'm going to invite Jonas and Lisa to come up. I know you guys are still like Kurt. It's Jonas. But he said I could say Jonas. So, hey, you guys, welcome here. We're so glad to see you. Come join me up here. And uh, you can hold this. And um, uh, so if I think it's clear, but just so we're clear, we're going to talk just for a couple of minutes now. And then come, we're going to come back into this room and you're going to hear longer from them about what they're doing. But uh, simple things first. Remind us where you guys live. Good morning. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Let's try it again. Good to go. Yep. No. Oh, we're not. I don't know. What do you think, Daniel? Hello. I've got a green light. I'm going to steal somebody else's mic in a minute. Well, green, this is the green mic. The green mic has been a little persnickety. Let's try yellow for a minute, Daniel. How about that? Yes. Uh, so what was the question, Kurt? Well, uh, <laughs> where... mind us where you... Well, again, good morning, yes. <laughs> where do you guys live? Yes. Uh, so we live in Austin, Texas. I think we are about to enter... Are from when we moved from Bueller to Austin has been, I think we might be in order 13 years. So time is time is going fast. 13 how, years. How many? 13. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It will be in February. Okay. So 13 years. Yeah. 13 years in Austin. Yes. Yeah. Almost 13 years. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, so catch us up first of all a little bit on your kids and yeah. where they're at and how the family's doing and <laughs> mom. <laughs> You also know the answer to this. Um, they're sitting right there. Uh, Abigail is ready for ninth grade, high school. Oh, baby. Uh, Caleb entering middle school, which in Texas, that's sixth grade. Yep. And uh, Isaac will be going into third. Nice. Um, yes, they are. Uh, Caleb's going to try out for flag football. Abby's going to try for volleyball, maybe. Um, they like doing taekwondo. And uh, yeah, school's coming up soon. Okay, all right. So 13 years, that was one of our questions I had, right? So um, uh, give us, like, again, you're going to do more of this second hour, but just give us a brief picture of what you guys are up to. I know, and you're like, a lot of us know, but there's always tweaks and all that. So remind us uh, what your ministry looks like. Yeah, so um, we work for Jesus Film Project. Um, which is a ministry of crew. So we're still working with crew, just with Jesus Film. Um, uh, I am the director of a team called Global Media, and our team is in charge really to build the resources, to resource the ministry, but also the body of Christ. So we have, uh, in our team, we have four sub-teams, our uh, production team, they're the team that build the resources and come up with the films. We have a, a team that does the same with animation, and we have another team of writers. All they do is write content and a team that works in acquiring content and licensing content. So really we work in, um, our team is just expanding the library of content for, for the ministry, for Jesus Film, and we make it available to uh, 
to other ministries and to churches and to really the body of Christ. Okay, so then do, does your role, uh, and, and you should tell us about your role in that or if it's a support thing, whatever, but do you, are you managing people? Are you creating, you know, are you the creative guy? Are you the hands-on, I mean, all of that? Well, yes, um, I, like to, I like to say that I'm the creative kind, but it really with my role is, is a lot of managing. We are a team of about 30 people. Okay. And, and, and I really spend a lot of time in uh, phone calls and on Zoom. And, and yeah, every now and then I, I can touch on, on creative work, but, but really I, I do a lot of managing right now. Who knows, maybe in the future I'll go back to... Uh, to do more creative work, but yes, yeah, indeed. a lot of managing, and it's 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 still pretty fun. Okay. It's, so. Okay. Yeah. And, and just your, what does your role look like with all that? Yeah, um, I in the past I have trained new staff. Um, I haven't done that so much with Jesus Film. When we were under the campus ministry, that's yeah. what I did. Um, so I'm I'm looking right now for my new role. That's something you all can pray for me. Absolutely. Uh, to land into that where I can best serve. I'm, I'm a cheerleader right now, basically, okay. and a prayer. Sure. Prayer, if that's a word. Sure. So just, just in, our, in, a, in the couple minutes here, um, tell me some way that you've seen God work, or how is God working in your ministry? Well, um, so the thing is, that God is, is doing amazing work, and I hope you guys can stay at 11 to, to see it more expanded. But, you know, we, we come from weird times uh, where uh, with the pandemic we have to, to do a whole rethinking of how to, how to do ministry and how to reach, reach out to people. And it's just been incredible huh. uh, how uh, we've come from like an f- in-person ministry to a, to a focus on digital uh, outreach, and we've seen uh, incredible stories, and we'll we'll show you some of those stories. But but uh, from my uh, specific role, I think with all these changes, especially with creative people, it's it's just tough. Um, uh, for for a while, we could not create any content because mm. remember that at the beginning of the pandemic, we all were. Terry Five and people thought you could right. meet with anyone. <laughs> it was really tough. And um, as a manager, I, I, I thought um, it, it would it would be it would be real hard to to come back. And with uh, with the task that we had ahead of us, we really need to increase the capacity for our team. And well, God has been incredibly faithful since I took the the role of the director of global media. Uh, we have doubled the, the staff. Uh, we, go, we went from a team of uh, 15, 16 people to a team of 30 staff. Wow. And this is all supportive staff, just like Liz and I. It's not like we're just hiring people. This is all people that have, that have been called to the, to the ministry. And what this means, uh, increasing capacity, is that we, we, get to, we get to create more content. We get to license more content. We, we get to create more content for contextualized, for specific audiences. In, and yeah, and we've seen, uh, we're seeing constantly uh, hearing stories of people coming to Christ through using some of the content that my team creates. So yeah, we've, we've seen God working and being faithful and constantly, and this is just on my role. Then sure. personally, I think Liz and I, if we 
stop and think for a few minutes, we could find with a long list of things uh, of God working in our lives, in, in our children, in our family, in, in our small community. Yeah, fantastic. So you do want to come back. He can share more and we'll have, he can show you some of the stuff they're up to and all that. And so I really want to encourage you to stay. And you, you know, you have to stay to get a ticket to the potluck. Uh, last thing, just real quick for us, and again, uh, you know, not, uh, we're not particularly a, an intimate group here when we're, you know, 100 people or whatever we are here, but how are you guys? You guys good? Feel like this is where God has you and it's a good thing? And Yeah, uh, we, there is you, no... You know, this is not a fair question because yeah. I could ask all of you that and you're like, I'm not good, but, I, you know, you know we, we see you once a year, so, right. yeah. I mean, we're not going to pretend that we are trouble-free, stress-free, right. etc. But I think we can, with confidence, say that, yes, we feel like at this point, uh, this, God has us in this specific place, this specific role. Um, that doesn't mean that it's no hard right. in anything. Right. But, yeah, uh, we're, we're doing well. Um, we, we feel very, very much cared by, by God's faithfulness and kindness uh, that really in our case it gets renewed every morning uh, but we've also we're also in a, in, a, in a season of loss I lost my dad in mm. May 8th which is just a couple of months ago and uh, to be honest I've struggled you guys know some of you know us for a long time you know we, we've, linked, we've lived here in the US for uh, since 2008 so that's going to be about 14 years, and I've struggled. I've struggled with guilt, feeling like um, feeling like I haven't done enough to to spend quality time with my parents, mm -hmm. and that my kids uh, don't really know their grandparents. Mm -hmm. And yeah, but at the same time, uh, while struggling with these feelings, uh, we've seen God being very faithful. Faithful, I was able to some friends, some dear friends of us. Uh, with points, flew me to Spain so I could so, so I could spend time with my with my dad before he passed. Because when we knew that that things were looking grim, and then I had a work trip to Spain uh, the same day that I the, the same that I was flying out. Uh, that's the day that my dad passed. Oh, so wow. I took the same flight. I arrived to my destination, rented a car, and I arrived 30 minutes before my dad's funeral. Oh. And I thought like. Which was the next day. Yeah. That's when you fly to Europe. But yeah. uh, so, so it, it felt very valid. I don't know. It felt no. I don't know if validating is the word, but it felt like God was carrying us through through this. And yeah, especially to see my dad before he passed. And of course, he was very frail, and mm -hmm. it's not like we could, we could have really uh, meaningful uh, conversations. But but it was very healing. So. So we're doing well. I have to say, honestly, with all honesty, we're about to, we're driving back to Texas tomorrow. I'm a little bit overwhelmed and, and anxious about starting the whole, the whole work thing. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot ahead of us. But yeah, we're doing, <laughs> so we're doing well, yes. Okay, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let Lisa uh, say something. <laughs> I'm not for sure what I was supposed to say, but um, we did spend, a few weeks in Spain. We just got back from um, spending some concentrated time with his family. That we had the trip planned, you know, before we knew his dad was going to pass away, 
And we were hopeful we would, you know, get to spend that time with him, yeah. but it didn't work out that way. God is great still, and um, yeah, we've been able to see, even through his dad's passing, uh, his work, I feel like, in his family, and you know, how God, God does that, works yeah. um, hard things, yeah, and yeah. there's good things in the midst, so. Um, kids got to practice a lot of Spanish. We spent, we met 19 out of 20 cousins. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, there's a few. He's one of eight kids, so oh um, yeah. a lot of cousins to meet. Anyway, that's, uh, that's what we've been doing okay. this summer. Yeah. Well, we, we are so glad, again, uh, we do know that um, you've been partners with our church much longer than I've been here, and so we, we have grown to love you, but this is a great way to catch up. Uh, just because we, even though we can't, you know, geographically, we're pretty far away, but we want you to know that we pray for you and support you. And so we're going to, um, again, encourage everybody to stay for the 11 o'clock time. And uh, I'm going to pray for you right now. And so thank you for being with us today. God, for uh, the Sanses, I pray that you, uh, I'm so thankful for them and for their work. And uh, what an important industry, video and technology and production, God, so, so important these days. And to hear Jonas say that they know that people are meeting Jesus through this ministry, we are so thankful. So, God, and for, for Jonas and Lisa to answer the call, even when it's hard and even when it takes you far from family, God, we know that they are answering your call to ministry and to your work. And we more than commend that. We thank you for their willingness. We thank you for their hearts. God, I pray that you would strengthen their hearts in the days and months ahead, that you would be with them as you have been, and that you would bless them. We're so thankful to partner with them in their ministry and their work. Pray, God, again, that you would just bless them and be with them in every which way. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Yeah, why don't you stand again? Let's worship some more.
We know that you are with us always, and yet when we gather as a body, we feel um, your presence in the way that you move through all of us together to worship you, and we thank you for that opportunity this morning. God, we pray now that you would allow us to let go of any distractions that we could, um, with our whole mind, with our whole heart, uh, hear what your Holy Spirit has to speak to us this morning through the preparation you've done through Kurt, through the openness that you give all of us to speak to us. We pray now that you would speak through Pastor Kurt to us, give him the words, let him freely um, share what you have for us this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As always, thank you, worship team, for leading us so well in worship today. We're grinding through the book of Acts. Woohoo! And we're going to keep pushing forward today. Just to remind you where we've been, we are, uh, we're out of the Jerusalem phase, we're into the Samaria and Judea phase, and so we've seen some interesting things with Peter and the apostles, and then a guy named Philip was sort of representing last week. Uh, we take a switch today, again, just to remind you, we're in phase two of the 
of the map that Luke sets out for us in uh, the first chapter. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. We're past that now. We're into Jeruz uh, Judea and Samaria. And we actually make this switch, even though we're still in that phase. We're switching from Peter and the boys... Peter and the apostles and even these other uh, connected people like Stephen was before he was martyred and Philip was. Um, and we switch now to this guy named Saul. Now, isn't this funny? Because we could say Saul or we could say Paul and we could say Jonas or we could say Hona. <laughs> So uh, here's the deal. Don't make too much about this. Can, some people, if you've heard this story we're going to get to today, great narrative, and we, we want to get to it today. Um, but Saul was his Jewish name. He was very, very Jewish. Uh, Hebrew of Hebrews, he would write himself later on in the New Testament. Paul was his Roman name. And so uh, it's interesting. The switch isn't like... Here he was Saul, and then it's, it's sort of wishy-washy until by the end, because of his audience, because of who he's hanging out with, largely Romans, uh, of the empire, right? He, it's just Paul more often, so don't make too much of all that. Same guy, and the first time we met him was at Stephen's uh, stoning. He was collecting jackets, coats, cloaks, whatever, and then we saw that he was... Uh, very, very zealous for the church. For I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> very zealous for Jewish God things, and so much so that he was actually persecuting the church. Okay, remember that? And so we are in chapter 9. That is all to say. I better just get to the narrative, get to the story. Uh, we're in chapter 9 of Acts. Um, it's a lot today. So as I often do with excuse me, these longer passages, I'll have it up. Uh, you can have it open on your app or in a Bible, whatever, just listen, whatever that looks like. But hear, hear the narrative first. That's what's been so fun about Acts for me, because I'm generally a storyteller. And, and I just like you to hear the stories of Acts and these incredible uh, accounts of what was going on. And so we're going to start with that. And uh, like I say, I'll have it up. But uh, it starts with this guy named Saul or Paul. And uh, he is doing his thing because he was so zealous for this. He was determined to squash this movement because he didn't get it just yet. That's why we're talking about him today. But so uh, the, Luke suggests he was breathing out threats. I love that, breathing out murderous threats. It's interesting. In the original, uh, again, I don't do this that much, but again, for some of us that like uh, the cognitive stuff, uh, it's actually murders and threats. And the NIV and some of the other translations say murderous threats loses a little something. Murders and threats is like, wow. So this guy was serious. He, he went and asked for permission from Jewish authorities. Hey, I want to go arrest some people that are following the way. I'm going to go to Damascus. Damascus was an important city. Um, uh, it had a large Jewish influence. It was sort of a no-brainer, as I understand it, 140, 150 miles away from Jerusalem. I'm going to go there, and high priest, hey, can you give me some letters? I just want to start arresting people. We're going to bring them back here. We're going to prosecute them. We're going to persecute, you know, you get the idea. And off he goes. Uh, it's interesting, this term, the way. Uh, in Isaiah, we know that Isaiah talks a lot about the way uh, on which the Lord would travel when he restores Israel. 
Isn't that interesting? So one of the first ways that Luke here and perhaps that community was referring to this new movement, the Jesus movement, was to call it the way. So I think that's kind of cool. You don't see it at uh, again, that, that much, but that's cool. So he's persecuting followers of Jesus, the church, and it turns out that God had an idea about this. So he's traveling with his companions on the way to Damascus, and wouldn't you know, flash of light. Let me be clear, uh, in our perspective, it's a supernatural thing. It wasn't just some random afternoon or uh, something lightning. Or, you know, no, this was an appearance of, the, uh, of God. And, and as we'll see here in a minute, of Jesus himself. Because he gets knocked to the ground from this light, and he hears this voice that says, why do you persecute me? Saul's like, dude, who are you? Okay, dude is not in the Greek, but he's, who, who are you, Lord? Who are you, sir? Uh, you know, uh, uh, maybe not a divine uh, realization from Paul at that second yet, but he's like, well, sir, you know, obviously you knocked me to the ground with a bright light. I'm going to respect your, your authority and power probably. And the voice responds, I'm Jesus, the guy you're messing with. Again, not in the Greek, but you get it. And he says, get up. I've got something for you to do and you're going to do it. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, here's Paul bewildered. And it turns out the guys traveling with him, they saw the bright light, but they just heard a noise. They didn't hear the sound specifically of, a vo you know, of, of what it said. And maybe it was like the peanuts, wah, 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 wah. You know, maybe it was that, whatever. But they're like, man, I don't know what all just happened, but let's see about our buddy here. And they get him up, and it turns out um, Paul can't see. Blind. Totally. So they help him up, uh, they lead him, and in, in you, know, you can just imagine the, the confusion and what's going on, but they lead him the rest of the way into Damascus, and the word says there in verse 9, he didn't eat or drink, Paul didn't eat or drink for uh, three days, right? And meanwhile, in the meantime, there is a Jesus follower in Damascus. Now, real quick, a real quick aside you know, it's interesting, we're hearing the broad strokes of the movement happening, the church expanding and all that, but there have to have been little seepage, a little seepage of the Jesus news, because here was a guy in Damascus already that was a believer, so that's kind of fun. And his name was Ananias, look, you know, not that Ananias, he's dead, he's gone, this is a different Ananias as I understand it, very common name, and Ananias has a vision, and the Lord appears to Ananias and says, hey... I want you to go to this house uh, on, I was going to say it's got the name of a, Straight Street, there it is, Straight Street, and ask for this guy named Saul, he's praying, I'm, I'm also having a vision with him. This is really cool, we got this double crossover vision thing going on. Ananias is having a vision, Paul's having a vision somehow to say, hey, I've got a plan and I need to get you two guys together. And, and uh, in the vision, Ananias gets instructions on what he should do. Go see this guy, place your hands on him, You're gonna, I'm going to restore his sight through that. Well, you know, we can't blame Ananias. He's like, wait, wait, Lord, are you sure? You sure you mean this guy, this Saul, this Paul guy? Because I've heard he's, he's a piece of work. And he's, you know, he has done terrible things. He's not on your side with this. Now, uh, look, look what, uh, how the Lord responds in verse uh, 15. The Lord said, 
go, this man is my chosen instrument. And I'm going to have him proclaim my name to the Gentiles, to their kings and all this. You can see that. I'm going to show him how much he must suffer. So, uh, you know, don't be too hard on Ananias to say you don't mess with God. But uh, it seems to be okay that he said maybe this isn't the right guy. And God says, yes, he's absolutely the right guy. And you're the guy to go set him up. So off he goes. He goes to the house. He plays a super quick version of this, right? Luke is very efficient and very uh, succinct in some of these accounts. We just get one sentence and it's got a huge story involved, right? But he, he goes to the house. He places his hands on Saul and he says, the, uh, Jesus appeared to you on the roads that you were coming. He sent me to do this. And so receive your sight and receive, you know, and, and, and look at what it says. So that you may see again at the bottom there and be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, people, again, I'm going to keep saying this. We cannot minimize or, or belittle the importance of the work of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. And so we want to take that more than seriously. So... Ananias lays his hands on, and this is kind of cool if you, if you haven't ever heard this story before, the, the punchline, this, this medium little climax is Ananias prays for him, lays his hands, and these things fall off his eyes that are like scales. Oh, well, that would be something to see, wouldn't it? Brent, do they, is that an eye doctor thing at all? No, probably not, you know, so uh, if you saw scales, you'd get a little excited. What are these, on right? So pretty crazy stuff going on. The scales fall off, and uh, look at this again. Immediately gets up and is baptized. He took some food, and he regained his strength. So Paul's like taking this very seriously, obviously. And he's responding pretty well. Because look what happens next. He spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. And really early, he starts doing the, the spread the gospel thing. This is remarkable, people. Again, if what we think has happened as, as it's laid out by Luke, he's prayed for, the Spirit does come upon him, and it empowers him to already start doing ministry and preaching mightily. Look what it says. Uh, all those who heard him were <laughs> heard him. All those who heard him were astonished. Isn't this the guy that was doing bad things? And isn't he here to like even arrest uh, believers? And uh, yeah, but he's had a change. And look at this last verse. Yet Saul grew more and more powerful. He baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. Interesting thing to see in this on this screen. Son of God and Messiah. Uh, again, very important foundational titles, terms, whatever, for Jesus in the book of Acts. And we're seeing that again. Son of God, Messiah, and now this new guy, God's chosen guy, is uh, using the same terms. And he's showing, he's showing everybody else up. He's baffling the Jews, right? Living in, in Damascus. Now, uh, in, the, in a lot of biblical accounts and narratives, time frames and timelines are sometimes, you know, uncertain or tricky and so after many days had gone by the, the account continues as it turns out we know from other places like in Galatians when Paul mentioned this part of his story in his uh, uh, his biography kind of thing uh, many days was perhaps three years uh, because that's what he says in Galatians when he recounts some of this conversion story of his. He talks about, yeah, I was in Damascus. I spent some time in uh, Arabia. And so uh, rectifying all that can be a tricky thing. And for scholars uh, that enjoy this stuff, 
uh, you know, is in, uh, but so whatever the time frame was, uh, and perhaps it was three years, um, they find out, he finds out that he's made enough noise now with the Jews that they're like, we got to get rid of this guy. And so it's kind of fun, uh, a conspiracy must happen, we can make a little a mini movie about it and how they find out and they lower him down. Uh, he's spared, there's a plot, but he is spared, he's rescued, he goes through. And then um, there's this brief part here where the, the home church should probably be consulted. So we don't know how it went, but obviously they might be hearing about this guy named Paul that has had a change of heart and he was going to persecute, and now he's, he's preaching Jesus better than anybody around there. And so uh, he goes to Jerusalem, and the time is such, you'd think that if it was really three years, they would have known and not been afraid, but so, again, rectifying all that, I don't, I don't want you to get lost in those weeds, but you can, I'll acknowledge that it, you know, it can be a tricky thing sometimes, but he tried to join, you know, hey, I'm one of you, and they're still a little skeptical, weren't you the guy that wanted to arrest us all? But then uh, our man Barnabas Barnabas comes and says, nope, I was there the whole time. You guys know me. I know him. I can more than vouch for him. And he, it turns out then that that was all Paul needed to spark his next gear, his next level. And off he goes. And he's, what does it say at the bottom? Preach fearlessly in the name of Jesus. And then we get to the last of the, of the section today of this narrative. He stayed and hung out in Jerusalem. He spoke boldly. Let's not forget that recurring theme in Acts as well. Bold preaching, uh, you know, spirit-filled preaching, empowered ministry. He talked with the Jews, and they finally had enough too, and they're like, this guy is so annoying. He was one of us, and now he's like one of them. He's like a big one of them, and let's just, we just need to get rid of this guy. And uh, again, another plot. They found out about it, and his, his friends say, hey, dude, we're going to send you off to your hometown to Tarsus. And then just this last little denouement, <laughs> um, the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, that's the era we're in, right? We're in number phase two. Uh, the church in those areas enjoyed a time of peace and, and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, and they even, they kept growing. They kept growing. What a, what a great story to see how God chose and used Paul. Now, um, that's the story. Uh, as, as we talk about it today, um, I'm struck by the idea of choosing or being chosen. Now, uh, the, the, the absolute go-to illustration, the duh illustration I could use, and even though some of us aren't so young anymore, we can remember the playground or the gym class and being uh, either not chosen or not chosen to, for the right team or whatever, however that looks right. And there's been television sitcoms and movies and stories and whatever written about how we're chosen or not chosen, right? And we starts to, if I mention that, you start to have some memories and feelings perhaps. Um, and I, I don't have any hardcore ones about that. I was, you know, I would be uh, typical like most of us. I wasn't, I wasn't first and I wasn't last. I was picked in the middle to play kickball on the playground. But I'm going to tell you a little story about Chosen that happened to me when we were uh, in Lodi, California. So, um, and, and I'm hoping this, some of you can resonate and it'll make you chuckle a little, but uh, I was actually called for ju jury duty in California. And I never really, you know, I think I'd probably gone a couple times in Colorado and you go sit in the room and they say, okay, you're excused. You go, uh, and maybe not, maybe you're all better citizens than I am, but you go to jury duty, what? 
hoping to not get chosen, <laughs> right? I mean, okay, no, you're right. I mean, if you're actually, no, I'd love to be a part of a really cool case. I don't know. I mean, most of us are like, oh man, I hope they don't call my number and I don't want to be chosen, right? So I headed that way and got to the room and uh, all of a sudden, I didn't realize God had this little uh, plan for me. Uh, and so all of a sudden, my, my group did get chosen. And then this judge who was actually really cool about this, he was, he was all into educating us how it should go. I'm not going to be able to articulate it all, but he was pretty helpful. He said, okay, just so you know, the, tr you, the trial has started. It really starts, and we're in the process of selecting jurors. Oh, okay. And so now we're the, the, the group that will be selected, say, I can't remember the exact numbers. Let's say there were supposed to be eight people in the jury, and they've got a, a pool now of 12 of us. So they're trying to get uh, maybe 16, can't remember. Anyway, so but now all of a sudden, I'm, I'm halfway chosen. <sighs> you know, and so we're sitting there and, and the judge goes through and with both sides represented, the lawyers for both, they'll ask you questions, right? If you've ever done this or something similar and they go down the line. Do you have any reason? Do you have any connection to the Stockton Police Department? No, no, no. And I, I think I knew somebody. It's like, yeah, okay. And I said, well, okay, that's fine. And then, so they do stuff like that and everybody has to answer in this group, room full of strangers. Are you with me? Okay, so I'm halfway chosen. I'm not sure how I feel about this now, right? Because, hmm, uh, there's some attention and whatever. <laughs> and then uh, they start asking a question, and I, I've never been able to articulate it as well because I, uh, I was a younger man then. I wasn't nearly as confident as I am now. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, some stuff, start, you know, you're answering these things, uh, not super personal, but he said it was some sort of... Um, uh, felony theft case. And so he says, it, by law, a person does not have to get up and say, I didn't do it. Uh, what's the, is, um, we don't have a lawyer in the house, but um, so, you know, that's part of our rights, that you don't have to get on the stand and say, I didn't do it. You can let your lawyer represent and all that. And we, he talked around that a little bit, and he wanted to go through all of us. I was in the box, remember? I think I was already one of the eight with the uh, replacements sitting over there, you know? And they're, they're asking, can, can you be all right with that? Not, uh, not letting the, the guy doesn't have to defend himself, testify himself, yeah. And I'm like, huh, I don't know. Like, I don't know, I'm kind of like, I want to hear it from you that you didn't do it in my mind. And we took a break before they were going to ask the question and I went up and I talked to the bailiff and I'm like, I mean, and you guys don't know, my heart's beating pretty fast, and I'm like, uh, I have kind of a, a, a philosophical question for the judge. The bailiff was like, huh? <laughs> and the, the judge had all these people that were, you know, I, they, they were asking questions like, I need to go, you know, how can I, whatever, and I would just, so we didn't get to it, and then we gathered back together after the break, and the bailiff was like, oh, um, he had a philosophical question for you. I'm sitting here going, oh my gosh, okay. And I said, well, uh, you know, you said, how do we feel about a guy not testifying himself and telling us he didn't, you know, would a proper response be, I'll try? You know, I was trying to be honest here. I mean, because it's like, can you? And people are like, yeah, no, 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 no. And I'm like, would it be, I'll try? I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. The judge looked at me and said, you're dismissed. And I'm like, wait, 
I kind of wanted to be chosen now, you know? And it was, I mean, uh, you can, uh, my wife can laugh through all this because I was like putting my coat on, looking around at everybody going like, wow, this feels really weird because now I'm like not part of the group or something, you know? And so uh, that is, uh, and, and I left, <laughs> you know? So that is all to say this idea of being chosen or choosing, it's kind of a big deal, right? I mean, what does it look like? And I want to be careful early on uh, with, and I know it doesn't feel early, right? But uh, before we get too far with the idea of choosing, cho choosing and being chosen, look, there is a God uh, part of this that I can't explain well and that I'm not even going to try because there's so many parts in the, in the New Testament that talk about the elect and how God is a part, even calling us to himself. But we also, uh, where free will mixes in with this and how we are part. All I would say is, I just want to say, somehow, we choose and God chooses this weird sy synergy, symbiotic relationship. Because uh, let's be honest, none of us would respond to the call of Jesus if it weren't laid on our hearts. At some... So you see, so I I'm not trying to say we don't have our part in any of this, okay, when we talk about choosing or being chosen by God, okay? It's also a tricky thing, but I believe God works with us. He compels us to trust Jesus ultimately, and we choose, and I don't know how all that works, so I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to be some hardcore Calvinist or something for real, I just wanted you to hear that, but it is important for us to understand that choosing seems to be a thing, because look at this verse again from our passage. The Lord said to Ananias, this man is my chosen instrument. So there's no getting around this that somehow God does do some choosing, yes? Yeah. And, and to, to illustrate the point from the word, I want to look at uh, what it looks like for God to do some choosing because he's done it throughout the history of everything. So we know that in our uh, way of thinking, one of the first per people that he chose was Abraham. I don't know. It was pretty random. God had a plan that he was going to use a people to be his example for what it means to be God's people and to follow God. And he said, I'm going to start with this guy named Abraham. And uh, I want to go through a couple of these figures from the Bible, and I want you to check out the circumstance, but also their response, okay? Because when we get back to Paul in a minute, uh, I just, so that's what we're doing here. Look at these other ways that God has chosen people throughout history. So Abraham, uh, go, go from your country, your people, and your father. Father's household, land I will show. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I make your name great. You're a blessing. Remember, uh, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That's the best thing, right? And what does it say? Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. And then later on, we know that the Word of God says, Abram, Abraham, Abram, change name. That's a different name change, but not today. Uh, believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. So look at Abraham's situation and response. He seemed pretty, pretty good with it, right? Uh, how about Moses? We know that uh, the Israel, Israel is in captivity in Egypt, and God had a guy he chose in Moses. And he appears to him in a burning bush, and he says, hey, you're going to be my guy. And what does Moses say? Oh, man, can you please send someone else? I mean, for real. Don't lose sight of this response from Moses. If you remember that in uh, Exodus 4, 
He's attitude-y. I can't talk. What if, what if they ask me who sent me? Oh, please. And he finally just can't take it. Please send someone else. And God says, Ugh. what about Aaron? Okay, he's going to be your partner. He'll meet you. Da, 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 da. And then uh, it will be as if, you know, anyway, I, I didn't get it on this slide. Then you can see the stitch there. But Moses is still God's chosen instrument even though he wasn't down with it to start with. And ironically, later on, at the end of Moses' life, the, the Bible writer says, there's really been no one like Moses that God knew face to face. How about that? So, Abram, Abraham, Moses. How about David? Uh, it's time for a new king in Israel. And uh, God's prophet, Samuel, is told, I'm going to send you to this guy named Jesse. He's got a bunch of sons, and I want you to pick one of them to be king the guy I've chosen. And so he parades them in front and he sees um, the first son and Samuel's like, oh, that must be him, but look what God says to Samuel. Don't consider his appearance or his height. I've rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So he goes through all the sons. Don't you have one more? Well, that's that punk shepherd of ours, but he's not here. We're going to wait for him. So David comes, and Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And look, look at this already, an, an illusion or a, a foreshadow of how God's spirit works in the New Testament. On, and from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David. So his response, obviously pretty positive, he was just a punk teenager when he got anointed, and then all the things he went through, but he was also chosen. How about Esther? Remember the story of Esther? We went through it. It's been a while ago. She was in a position to save the Jews from this plot of this enemy of the Jews named Haman. And her uncle says, look, uh, you're reluctant because of these weird Persian rules. You're the queen, but you can't go talk to the king. You might get killed because you weren't called in. So he says, look, don't think that because you're in the king's house, you're going to escape all this, you know, the only Jew that will. If you remain silent, check this out, people. If you remain silent, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. And maybe you were put here for such a time as this. Think about that when you think about people that God has chosen. And we know that while she was reluctant, she did some praying, and then she did approach the king and ended up being God's chosen instrument in that case. And then finally, how about a New Testament one? Uh, in his early ministry, Jesus is sort of rattling cages with random um, miracles and things. That's the way I would say it. And he finds these guys and says, hey, why don't you guys go out and try to catch some fish? Oh, dude, we've tried and we caught nothing. Well, but okay, we'll try one more time. And they catch a ton of fish. And they even have to call, uh, you know, uh, Andrew and Peter have to call uh, James and John to come help. And Peter gets to the shore, and this all hits him, right? He's like, man, Lord, uh, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. He realizes this is a big deal, and he has some like realization and regret. Uh, and um, uh, then he, Jesus says at the end, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Peter, I've chosen you. And look where we've been in Acts. I you're going to be uh, the leader of my church in Acts. So choosing, God choosing, God uh, choosing people is a thing. And I think there's real quick, while we finish up here, and I know I, I kind of knew we were going to hang out here, so if I kept you a little longer, I might compel some of you to stay. 
but let's, let's get to the for us part, okay? Great story, great illustrations. God obviously chooses people for his purposes. What do we take for us? First of all, just the reminder, this is like, duh, but this is, uh, it's God's plans and purposes. It's God's plans and purposes. He is sovereign. He is almighty. It's at his discretion. He initiates. He instigates. This is God doing the choosing, and we see that super clear with Paul. Bright light, knock him on the ground, audible voice. He met Jesus in a spectacular way. God had a, a plan in choosing Paul. So don't forget, this reflects God being the sovereign, almighty God that he is. It's always at his discretion and at his initiation. Um, uh, here's the part that a lot of us want to find encouragement in. God can and does use anyone. Sometimes you hear like this, if God could save Paul, he can save anyone. Because here was a guy that was absolutely an enemy of God. His zealousness was appreciated because he thought, look, I, I thought I, you know, but he, he, he was not on the right side of this. And God was able to use him. So God can and does use anyone. Uh, and let's not forget what God said to Samuel. Don't worry about all these outward things. I'm looking at his heart. So in all those cases, we'd have to say, whether it was Abraham or Moses or all the rest, God was looking at their heart when he made his choice. And uh, also then to remind ourselves that sometimes change is very necessary. In most of those cases, Abraham, he seemed to be pretty amicable. Sure, I'll go. He, he fought, you know, the whole beginning of God's people. That seemed... Moses, he needed a serious attitude adjustment. You know, Esther, she was frightened for her life and she needed to change. Peter even, you know, God, I, I really, no, I'm not the, are you, you know, kind of thing. No, you're going to lead my church, man. So sometimes major changes, and we see that so huge with Paul. Again, he was anti-church, anti-Jesus followers, and major change came uh, when God chose him. Um, so... I would want to say to all of us, and it's very unlikely that anybody here is going to be the next, you know, uh, super big thing, right? <laughs> and we know that ultimately Jesus is the ultimate chosen one, and I know a lot of you have been watching the chosen. Kind of a different thing, but don't want to lose track of how important it is when God does his work, he does choosing. But God's probably got something for everyone in this room, right? Now, I don't want to make it so fatalistic that everything happens for a reason. That's a problematic sort of thing. So careful with that. Uh, and you're like, what? I know, another sermon some other day. But uh, even if not everything is in God's design, God has a design and a plan. And so he's chosen you for something. And maybe it's to be a farmer in the middle of Kansas. Maybe it's to be the pastor of a small church in a small town in Kansas. You want to weigh your response when you feel like he's choosing you for what he wants you to do. So sometimes you feel like Moses, sometimes you feel like Peter, sometimes you feel like Esther. But in the end, because of what we've said so far, it's his plan, initiation, his sovereignty. Uh, so weigh your response carefully when you feel like God might be choosing you for something. And then just a reminder that everything is always through Christ and reflects the work of the Spirit. 
always through Christ. You're not chosen now post-cross, post-ascension. Everything is through Christ for his honor and his glory, and it will reflect the work of the Spirit in our midst. Amen? Amen. So, I don't know. Uh, I, love this, I love this story. This narrative is a lot of fun. Um, I, th- I think there's probably a lot of different directions I could go with a story like this, but I wanted you to hear what it looked like for God to be working in choosing people, to be encouraged by how he's done it in the past, and to be encouraged to say, and God's probably got something he wants to do with you. How are you going to respond? Hopefully, like all these in the Bible eventually got there, you will too. And we have a lot to learn. So I love the book of Acts. I love what it's teaching us, and I hope you're uh, finding it that way as well. Uh, Don't want to ever neglect this. Remember, the book of Acts is helping us live on mission. And that's what we want to be about. And to see how Paul now is going to be a big part of the uh, rest of the book um, in a little here. So, all right, let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity we have to revisit some important narratives and important uh, history of your church. I pray, God, that you would work through it in all of us. God, and we would know how you're working uh, when you choose people to do specific things. God, help us to have very uh, right hearts with that and help us to know that you're working in and through us, only to honor Jesus, only to show the power of the Spirit. So we pray, be with us. Help us to live on mission. God, thanks for today. I pray that you'd be with us uh, uh, for the rest of today. I pray that you'd bless the offerings as it's, as it's taken. I pray that you'd be with anyone who needs your special touch today. And God, I pray that you'd bless our time as we hear from uh, the Sanses um, in just a few minutes here. So we pray your blessings even as we end this service. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, I am going to dismiss, as it were, and then, you know, we got 10 minutes. You can still grab a cup of coffee if you want, and uh, I don't know if it's copacetic or not, but you can have coffee in here if you're careful. So uh, if you want to exit and remember the the buckets are there for offerings and cards, and uh, otherwise right around 11 or maybe a minute or two after 11, we'll get started up here and hear more from uh, Jonas and Lisa, okay? So peace.